This is TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. This is the one they're talking about. TalkZone.com This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Drug abuse isn't a problem left over from the 1960s. It's an issue impacting millions of people today. We'll give you the straight facts from a medical researcher. Usually the problems really do come down to alcohol, marijuana, nicotine, very addictive drug. It may actually be the gateway drug if there is such a thing. Then, if you thought doing good unto others was just for idealists, there's research that shows it can actually keep you healthy and happy. We'll have the story. That desire to give and contribute to others as a statistical probability provides a kind of protective halo your whole life long. Those two interviews and much more are coming your way on this week's InfoTrack. Stay with us. The program gets underway right after this break. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Drug and alcohol abuse. It impacts countless Americans and costs our nation billions every year. For the straight facts you need, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Thank you, Chris. Our guest is Dr. Wilkie Wilson from the Duke University Medical Center. He's one of the co-authors of a book called Buzzed, The Straight Facts About the Most Used and Abused Drugs from Alcohol to Ecstasy. So tell us just how uninformed do you think our nation is when it comes to drug abuse today? I think we are enormously uninformed and it's causing huge problems. It's very interesting. Last semester I gave a lecture in a Duke class and you know Duke is supposed to have some kids that are very very bright and usually well informed but I I went in there and talked with them about how their brains work, what they can expect from their brains, how to study less and learn more things like that and then the impact of alcohol and other drugs on their brains and they were stunned nobody had ever told them this information in fact they said to me the only drug training we've had the only information in fact about our brains in general and drugs in particular came from the dare program and that was in fifth grade and that sort of was a turnoff so it's a huge problem and it's leading to more problems I guess it's a unique approach. Not too many people really think of it from a scientific standpoint of how your brain is chemically affected by all of these different substances. That's unusual, isn't it? It is unusual for the public. Thanks to everybody's tax dollars, there's a lot of research going on out there that is beginning to understand exactly what happens when you use an addictive compound. But that's not getting out to the public. It's certainly not from the standpoint of biology. We focused so much on judgmental statements like just say no or don't do it or whatever, but it's not advice that changes behavior. I think the stereotype of drug abuse, at least historically, has been primarily illegal drugs like marijuana or cocaine, but prescription drugs are taking a surprisingly large role now, aren't they? They're taking a huge role, and I think the reason for that is twofold. One is they're available. There are a lot of prescriptions being written for painkillers now, and oftentimes kids will find them in their parents' medicine cabinets, which leads me to always advise parents to lock up their alcohol and prescription drugs. The other problem is is that people perceive that if a drug is medicine, then that means it's appropriate to use and it's safe, and that's not always true. For example, you can die from a painkiller like OxyContin, 
just as easily as you can die from an overdose of heroin. It's just a matter of getting enough of the drug. You mentioned OxyContin. What prescription drugs are the most commonly abused now? What we're hearing is the opiates that are like OxyContin and Vicodin and Oxycodone, the painkillers that act on the same brain chemistry that heroin acts on. and That's why people like them. They make them feel good. And then there's the sedative chemicals like Valium and Xanax and Ativan. And finally, the other class of chemicals are the stimulants, which are ADD chemicals, attention deficit disorder drugs, that work very well if they're used properly, but kids tend to want to get their hands on them and either use them to stay up and study or use them to try and get some kind of a buzz from. One of the more surprising topics in your book is the energy drinks craze. Talk about that for a moment. Well, the story with energy drinks is nothing magical. These don't have anything that we've been able to identify that's remarkably effective other than a lot of caffeine. Parents ask me whenever I'm speaking somewhere, well, what about caffeine? Shall I let my child have caffeine? And I say, from everything we know in the medical literature, caffeine is safe at moderate levels so long as you don't mind your child being sleepless and anxious. It is a powerful drug. I mean, you can give enough caffeine to an animal or a human just in large doses, say 30 or 40 cups of coffee, to actually promote epileptic-like seizures. So it's not a totally innocuous drug, but as we use it typically in society, I think it's fine. So you just need to know that it has powerful stimulant effects. In fact, four of us that are faculty members in our immediate group in the medical center, ranging from a very healthy young woman to some people that are older, had to stop using caffeine because we were all having irregular heartbeats. Hmm. So if you're finding yourself anxious and not sleeping well at night, and goodness gracious, if you're feeling those irregular heartbeats, first thing to do is, of course, talk to your doctor, but along the way, stop using the caffeine. What are some other maybe surprising substances that are abused these days that people wouldn't necessarily think of? Well, people will abuse anything that they think will give them a high. Some of the lesser talked about drugs are things that you inhale, like all the paint thinners and stuff. Kids get into that a lot, which is why I ask parents to please lock those chemicals up too. Because you know you get 12 and 13 year olds out there sniffing glue or paint or something like that, and those are just terribly toxic. People just will try almost anything to get high. Usually, though, the problems really do come down to alcohol and marijuana, occasionally prescription drugs and cocaine and methamphetamine stimulants like that. But mostly the problems really are alcohol, marijuana, nicotine, very addictive drug. It may actually be the gateway drug if there is such a thing. Is there a most common age when young people are first exposed to some form of drug abuse? I think typically in middle school, from 6th grade on up to 8th grade. I often speak at schools, and I'll go to a school where there are 6th to 8th graders, and you'll talk to the 6th graders, and they're just like a bunch of little gophers that can't wait to get out of their hole. They're jumping up and asking questions and bouncing around and are very, very curious and, thank God, naive. By the time you get to the eighth grade, they just sit there in the chairs with their mouths zipped and they don't want to talk about what they're doing. Finally, up into high school later on, they'll open up and start talking about it again and then you find out what they've been doing. But I think it begins in middle school. If I were giving advice to parents, however, I would say, first of all, when your baby's born, lock up your prescription drugs, your chemicals, and your alcohol. 
That's the first thing. Now, if you start doing it then, it's never an issue when they're older. Second thing is, from age zero up to about the sixth grade, don't worry so much about talking about drugs, but talk about taking care of your brain. Talk about not hitting your head, wearing a helmet appropriately, being careful what you put in your body, getting appropriate sleep. Things like that just send a message that your brain is really important. And then once you set that background in place, you can start talking about, if you're well informed, how drugs affect the brain and why this is just one more thing to do to protect your brain is to avoid these compounds. If you were to choose one or two of the biggest misperceptions that the public has about drug abuse today, what would that be? The first one is about marijuana. I get it all the time from parents that they took their child to the psychologist and the psychologist said, oh, well, good, he's only smoking marijuana. Marijuana is a drug that's not going to make your toes fall off. In fact, we've been unable to document in the medical literature a lethal overdose from marijuana because it simply doesn't interact with the parts of the brain that sustain life. On the other hand, it stays in your body a long time and impairs the ability of your brain to learn things. Really what it does, we're discovering, is activate the forgetting chemistry in your brain. So when you've got this stuff on board, you're really not learning anything, and that's the last thing on earth you want for kids at a time when their brains are going through critical development periods. That's the first misunderstanding. The second misunderstanding is that you can teach your children to drink as adolescents. I know a lot of people want to give their kids alcohol, and they think that by giving them alcohol and, quote, teaching them to drink, they'll reduce their use of alcohol later. I don't think there's any evidence to support that. And moreover, the adolescent brain we've discovered in our own research laboratories has vastly different responses to alcohol than the adult brain does. It's actually, I describe it as the perfect storm drug for kids. It's not nearly as sedative, doesn't make you as sleepy as in adults. It gives you a better buzz if you're a kid, and you can stay awake to drink a lot more, and that's kind of why kids do it. So I don't think it's possible really to, quote, teach your kids to drink. I think it's possible to educate them and to model good behavior for them. Very useful and certainly eye-opening information. Dr. Wilkie Wilson from the Duke University Medical Center, co-author of the book Buzzed, the straight facts about the most used and abused drugs from alcohol to ecstasy. Dr. Wilson, do you have a website? We do. We've just started a program at Duke called Duke Learn that's linking education and research in neuroscience. So it's dukelearn.org, O-R-G. Well, thank you very much for spending some time with us on InfoTrack. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, are do-gooders a bunch of dummies? They may be smarter than you think. Stay tuned. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this.